Hey, welcome to the Rooted to Live podcast. This is episode number 20. Thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast with other people. We started in February of this year, and it's been downloaded and heard in 15 countries and in 33 states so far, so thank you for that. For more information about how to support Rooted to Live, go to rootedtolive.com. And you can also contact us through that site. We would love to hear from you. A passage of scripture that's come to my mind over the last few weeks is found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Here's the passage. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, if you grew up in the local church, like I did, this is a passage that was famously used whenever there was missions conferences or when missionaries would come to town and uh, the passage would be spoken and there would always be those feelings of like, man, I should get ready to go over you know, to another country. Uh, but let's just consider the passage for what it says and what it says firstly about Jesus himself. When we think about the passage, when we think about Jesus, what would it be like to see what he saw, feel what he felt, pray as he prayed and do it as he, as he did? Jesus ministered to crowds person after person. Think about the life and energy and strength and endurance it would take to give of yourself moment after moment, uh, feeding 5,000 men and their families over here one day, and then another day feeding another 4,000 men and their families, teaching with passion over and over again, then discipling the 12. I'm sure there was challenges with that, and it cost a lot of emotional energy. Healing them, uh, then this person, and then another person, and then another, over and over again. What about being pressed by religious leaders over here and, and, and then told you aren't who you say you are? That must have been very challenging and costly. But when Jesus saw the crowds, the passage tells us that he had compassion on them. The word compassion carries with it the idea of being moved in one's stomach with pity. It's uh, sympathy. His compassion then is an expression of his being love. Well, we could ask as good Bible students, who are the kinds of people that Jesus had compassion on? Well, that would be like asking, to whom did Jesus show both grace and truth? And the answer is everyone, everyone he encountered. So it's compassion or, or loving kindness that shows grace and truth. Jesus engages men, women, and children with such compassion. So we see in scripture that he engages whether it's the, the sinner or the, the saint or the fake saint or the secret sinner, he engages them all with grace and truth. And that was compassion that fueled him to do that. He engaged the material rich and the spiritual beggar, the introverted and the extroverted, the theologically ignorant and the supposed scholar. Every single person we see him connect with in scripture is fueled by his compassion for them. Now the emotions vary, of course, and you see that in the text where we see Christ with sadness or he's happy. There's some anger there, some righteous indignation, if you will. But the motivation is, of course, his compassion. So how can Jesus and I see the same person but see something completely different? 
We see this in light of how people engage one another on social media, whether they're debating local um, political topics or just personal preferences of likes and dislikes or over the painful news that we we see uh, every day and people taking sides and yet the side that Christ would take would be the side of people having compassion on them all. And see, it's Jesus' kind of compassion that does not come natural to us. This kind of love only comes from God to us and through us, so it is a work of His grace in our hearts. It is, it is something to be prayed for. Give me a love that can only come from you. Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion for them. This is how Jesus could say, while dying on the cross for our sakes, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Why is Jesus moved with compassion when he saw them? Well, the text tells us in verse 36, the second part. The text says, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Well, what does harassed and helpless mean? The, the words used here actually depict a picture of sheep being torn or mangled by wild beasts. This is what happens to sheep when there's no protector, no provider, and no leader. That's why Jesus says the people are like sheep without a shepherd. So what is happening in their lives that cause, causes Jesus to see them as such? Well, we consider that. Maybe the times aren't so different today, but when we look at the times then, as Christ is seeing the crowds then, we know that they were politically, religiously, physically, and emotionally bullied, oppressed, and pressured, helpless, unable to rescue themselves or escape their, tor- their, uh, their tormentors, if you will. The people were under the opposite of Jesus' style of leadership. So the physical needs of the people were great. The spiritual needs of the people were even greater. And love answers the question, what do they need? Love always answers that question, what do they need? If Jesus was moved with compassion for people, do you think we should be moved in the same way? And when the scripture says that the crowds were like sheep without a shepherd, it may be an illustration somewhat lost on us since most of us aren't currently in the position of herding sheep. Although I think some of you own chickens and goats. Uh, I have five children, so, um, well, it's not the same, but you get the point. Anyway, what I've come to learn about sheep through reading, not by experience, is that sheep will run away, starve, get lost, and die. They are wearied and helpless creatures. Sheep don't know what they're doing. Several years ago, I remember seeing on social media the term sheeple or hearing the term used on political radio the three times that I turned into it. It's usually used in a derogatory manner applied to people of a political or societal influence different than the one who is using the term. So when people use it, they usually assume they're above others. But Jesus uses the term sheep in a very different way. They're lost and hurting people. And he's passionate about and compassionate toward people who need to be pursued. It's why Jesus is called uh, the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, and why he illustrates his love with his story of the shepherd who has a hundred sheep, but one has gone missing, and so the shepherd pursues the one. That's in uh, Matthew chapter 18. If you see others with the eyes of Christ, you will recognize that every single person desperately needs Jesus to know how loved they are and the joy and peace, rest, and freedom that is only found with an identity found in Christ, being in his fold. People have no hope without Christ, and so Jesus knows this. Therefore, he has compassion on people who are like abandoned, 
abused sheep. And it's the same today. In light of all this, so what does Jesus say? Verse 37 tells us this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The metaphor changes then. Did you catch that? People are not only like sheep in trouble, but they are also like wheat to be pursued and gathered. But there just aren't enough compassionate people caring enough about them to go to them. Verse 38 says, Therefore, so in light of that, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So in light of the harvest being plentiful, he's saying, meaning there's lots of people in the world who are as sheep without a shepherd, Jesus told his disciples to pray for laborers to be sent. Pray that people would have compassion enough to go to people who need the love of God. In every way, emotional, physical, relational, spiritual, Now, when we think about the idea of laborers or workers, one translation says, you think about the jobs that we've had. At least I do. What are some of the jobs that you've had in the past? I can just go all the way back to ages 12 and 13 and think about the kind of jobs I've had, the kind of work I've done, how I've labored. There was a time that I was a putt-putt golf uh, guy where I used to hand out clubs and golf balls to people that were coming to play miniature golf. I've washed dishes for a kitchen before. I've been a weed pulling weeds around homes and in gardens for people. I worked at an onion factory as a bagger for three days until I got so sick that, well, maybe I just worried myself sick so much. I worked in a nail factory before as just boxing nails. I've loaded trucks that distributed racks of flowers to Target stores in the Midwest. I dug ditches for a summer so you could call me a professional shoveler. I am the shoveler. Uh, a geography teacher for one year, a soccer and basketball coach, And I also got paid uh, one summer to do puppetry, and then for two summers being in a drama team. In order to do a good job, you need to know what the job description is. What are some of the jobs that you've had? Have you ever been frustrated because the job description wasn't very clear? Hmm. But for... To do a good job, you need to know what the expectation is, to have clarity on what you're supposed to do, obviously. So what do you think Jesus has in mind when it comes to the job description of a laborer in this context? Knowing that people are like sheep that are helpless and harassed and need to receive compassion and care and understanding and leadership, shepherding. And that people are also like wheat in a harvest field that need to be gathered and pursued. What do you think Jesus has in mind when it comes in uh, the context of that kind of work? What's the job description? Well, the job description of the laborer Jesus is speaking about, I, I think, is actually quite simple. Imitating Jesus with a heart of compassion and then loving other people unto Jesus. Seeing them come into his fold, knowing his voice, and following him. Jesus told his disciples to pray earnestly. That means like sincerely, passionately, consistently, that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers. And so what encourages me about this charge is that Jesus is affirming affirming the fact that believers' prayers participate uh, in the fulfillment of God's plans. We saw Jesus do do this in John chapter 17 when he is, well, before going to the cross, He's praying and speaking with his father. He doesn't pray just for himself, but he prays for the 12. Then he doesn't just pray for them, but he prays for all who will believe because of their testimony. That means people like you and I, and that we would love each other in such a way, have compassion in such a way that others would know by the way that we love that the father sent the son. And it can happen. And it can happen today through you.
So when you consider the people around you, whether they are the abuser or the abused, the person that's rich or poor, the one that can admit their need and is too stubborn to admit their need, the opportunity for you and I is to pursue them and to love them and to ask the question of ourselves, what do they need today? And then ask our Heavenly Father to manifest His love through us to them. So I invite you to consider it. Thanks for listening over these last several months. Uh, For this being the 20th episode, um, it's just an encouragement to be able to have such a privilege. And I hope you're doing well and that you're living loved. See you next time.